essence of wetness. And wetness is the essence of beauty. And to have a beautiful backlog, you must essentially beat it down. I, I don't know what I'm saying anymore, but <laughs> as, as Nate just holds <laughs> his head in shame, um, I'm the, welcome to the Backlog Breakdown. I am one of your hosts, Josh Broccolo, and today with me, I have my other host, Nate McKeever. Say hi, Nate. Uh, I I have conflicted feelings about being here. <laughs> what just happened? I mean, I appreciate you're dead the, to me. The, you're dead to me, Josh. You're more dead to me than your dead mother. <laughs> I appreciate the Zoolander references, um, <laughs> but that was an odd one uh, to 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 pick. I mean, I appreciate the the attempt, like a for effort. Thank you. Um, but Thank you. you failed Someone miserably on you. execution. <laughs> Just, just an <laughs> abysmal failure. Absolutely yeah. abysmal. That's that's my life. I get that every day. Um, but uh, you know, it's been two weeks since we last chatted over the interwebs. Since we talked to each other, how how have you been, man? What do you mean? You been it's been, been two weeks since I talked to you. Yeah, it has. Yeah, um, two whole weeks. Two whole weeks, man. Ah, uh, Fortnite. Uh, one 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 single fortnight. Uh, y- you know, things with the boy are sort of like mm-hmm. evening now. Um, we've we found okay. Sort of a, uh, he's on antacid now, and he does mm-hmm. seem to sleep a little bit more. He's still it's nice. Still only like three ish hours at a clip, but he has had like gotcha. a couple like five hour stretches in here and there. That's helpful. Uh, but no, things have just been sort of like okay. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of. I'm really struggling with work right now. Uh, okay. I am just kind of like hitting sort of like a burnout phase where it's like, okay, I have been working basically like 10 hour days, like three, mm. four, five days a week okay. for m- months now. It, and it was fine when it like, it was like one of those things where when it was just me, Megan, it was fine. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it, with the introduction of Byron, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is, this is no longer tenable. And it's really starting like the, the schedule is starting to like catch up with me and start okay. to sort of like throw me around a little bit. So there's just like, there, there's some questions and, and we can talk about this, yeah. like, and actually in listening to, so we'll be talking about essentialism, mm-hmm. uh, the book by uh, Greg, it is Greg, right? Yes. Um, Greg McEwen. Yep. Later on, um, I actually was just listening to it again here in the last couple of days, and it, there are some things where it's like I'm I'm kind of wrestling with like, you know, just what are what are some things that I need to be doing because mm-hmm. at at its core, and again, we will get more into this, but essentialism is really a book about like creating healthy boundaries, mm-hmm. um, it, and like sort of creating these rhythms. To, anyways, but. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're okay. We're, we're kind of just, uh, well, and there's been some stuff like I, I told you, like our TV crapped out, um, the other night yeah. and Megan was like, uh, we need a TV. She's like, if I'm going to be here all day with this, this child, um, I, I, I need a TV. And so the other night I ran out and I got one and, uh, nice. Yeah. It's, it's 
it was it was fine it was like it, it's a it's a decent tv and i got it a room. Mm-hmm. like walmart had a bunch of, of stuff on sale and i was like looking around and i was like well this one uh, does the trick so we got yeah. we had to get a new tv we had a baby shower um mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. kind of like a and when i say we i, I mean you know, the family did. I was working that day because I work all the ah. time anymore. Um, <laughs> just kind of, mm. it's like uh, lately, it's just been a lot of like working and sleeping. Um, yeah. And not sleeping well either. So, right. Like, like a, but yeah, we're, we're kind of just, that's, that's where we're at. I mean, it, things aren't bad, but like I said, mm-hmm. uh, B is, he's kind of, he's like, ever since he got on like the, the antacid, like he is, mm-hmm like a thousand times more pleasant um he's like oh, he, he's happy well, he does like a lot of cooing and kind of like <laughs> like talking and stuff like that um nice like dude like when when uh he is hungry mm-hmm. like the other day he woke up and he he napped for like two or three hours and i just okay. like you know he doesn't know like he's doing this thing like when he naps it's like 45 minutes and he's like up he's okay. like Entertain me now, fools. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, he was like, hold me, walk around with me, you know, keep me, mm-hmm. keep me occupied. Um, but like he, he, he racked out for, for a couple hours. And so I was just, and when he woke up, he was like angry. And if I like, until I got that bottle in his face, he was just like, he was unconsolable. Like I was like yeah. picking him up, like bouncing him, walking him like, and he's like, he's like, no, give me the stupid bottle you idiot <laughs> like and it and it's like i was like okay okay <laughs> this is what my life has like become i i'm basically being bullied bullied by a two-month-old um <laughs> but i mean like yeah. whatever it takes man just 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 stop um and, and i told and i told you i said i had an incident where i have to replace the back of my phone because I am mm-hmm. so sort of stressed out and wound up. And it, it it was not just Marvel Snap, but Marvel Snap did play a part in it. I, was, <laughs> I had several bad games and then my dog was being annoying and my son was screaming and the cat bit me. And it just was mm-hmm. like in, in a moment where it was like, I had like, I'm trying to get over to the boy. Like I put him down so I could go to the bathroom. You know, and he starts screaming. Mm-hmm. And then the dog is like, Hey, I need to go outside. So I'm like, Okay, just like mm-hmm. give me like a minute. And the dog's like pawing at me and whining, and she's being a jerk. Yeah. And then I get up and I, you know, and again, I'm not trying to paint too like graphic a picture. I get up and I'm like putting the dog out and I turn around and I'm walking back into the living room and the cat bites me. And I'm like, kind of just like, Ah. And I whip my phone across the room because throwing my cat across the room is not acceptable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Instead of writing a country song, you just decide to throw your phone. That's yeah. kind of what it sounded like. <laughs> yeah, it was. All it these was things going like, wrong at the. At the it, same it time. was like, yeah, it was like a, and and it's it's just like the general. I'm I'm just tired and I'm stressed. Yeah, and it's yeah. like. Like if I was getting sleep and I mm-hmm. wasn't just like worn out, I probably never would have done that. I would have been like, I, uh, I don't know, but it was just like the culmination of like, I'm not sleeping. 
yeah. um, kind of physically just like worn out, like my body hurts. And then it's like, you've got all the, yeah. So it's, and that, yeah. that's awesome. So tomorrow, you know, as, as of recording, going to be adventures in replacing the back of an iPhone. Nice. It was not Marvel like Snap's fault, but Marvel Snap was a contributing mm-hmm. factor. It was one of the lanes. It, it was one of like <laughs> several lanes where I was just losing. <laughs> like I just got crushed. Like, like I just, I got snapped. Um, but how nice. are you, man? How, how have the nice. last couple of weeks been for the, the Broccolo clan? We're we're doing pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I would say we're we've we've had a clean bill of health, which is nice. But I was just talking about how my older, uh, how my son is is kind of on the fence. I can't really tell. It seems like he's getting a bit under the weather. So hopefully, hopefully there's nothing there. But we'll we'll see. Um, but no, we're doing good. We have the kids in a basketball program that's up at the church. Yeah, um, it's called Upward. Is the is the program. Um, but they're both the, the two older ones, Ollie and Josie are in basketball. So that's been fun. Um, it does take up, um, well, the two nights a week there, each of them are in their practices. And then on Saturday mornings we have games. So we're not a very athletic family. I mean, if you know me, I'm not, I'm not super athletic. That's just not me. Um, so, but this is fun. Like it's just, it's just something to, to kind of get them into and, and they're really enjoying it. And it's really funny because uh, I don't know if you know me, but Samantha, both Samantha and I are short people. And so, you know, if I had the conversation with both the kids that like, and, and we've, we've had it before, but like, you're, you're probably going to be one of the smallest people in your classes, you know, mm. like that's just how, it's just how it works. Um, you know, we're, we're just small people. Some people are bigger than others and we're just small. Um, so it is kind of funny seeing them because they're small but at at this level that they're playing at sometimes the tallest kids don't necessarily have they have certain advantages right um but that doesn't mean that they're the best players there's some kids who are just like super aggressive which is great um but yeah you can you can see the ones with the fire in their eyes um but anyways we're having a good time with that so broccolos are in basketball now dude i don't know if you remember there was a basketball player back in like the eighties and nineties, um, I'm going to say his name was Spud Webb. He was like four foot okay. and he could like dunk. Um, Whoa. I, he wasn't, I don't, I don't know, know if he was all. like four foot. He was not a tall <laughs> right. man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure he looked four foot against everyone else in the NBA. <laughs> he was five foot six. I am five, okay. 10 yeah, and so. a half, five eleven, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, but he won a slam dunk contest uh, one year. And like, I remember like he was just this little dude. And, but if you looked at his legs, his Mm. legs were like tree trunks. Like he was kind of like, he did not, he did not skip, skip leg day. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There you go. But he just had like a massive vertical. Mm -hmm. um, Super cool. Yeah, well, well, we'll see. We'll see if basketball uh, is one of their things. They're enjoying it, but you know, we'll <laughs> we'll feel this one out. We just we kind of signed up for it just because it was you know something our church was doing. So we were like, yeah, sure, let's go for it. You know, it'll get the kids. Yeah, no, that's into cool. Something. We'll have a good time. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's kind of it. It has taken up more time than like just just on paper, um, but it's it's a lot of fun. We're enjoying it, and it does kind of limit kind of what we can do, which is n- kind of nice. <laughs> it's like we have okay, this is our routine. This is gonna happen. So um, that's what we're doing. Are good. Yeah, yeah. And um, then in terms of just kind of checking up on our challenge, because we tend to do that here. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You know, how's it been over the past two weeks? Um, I'm doing good. I expected a little bit more. So, you know, I want to read a book a month. Um, and so I am at about the 75% uh, of, of the way through this book, Am I Called? by Dave Harvey. Really yeah. enjoying it. Um, but it's a short book. And so I was expecting to kind of be done with it by now and move on to the next one. I'm also reading Calvin's Institutes on the side. So that mm-hmm. takes up a chunk of time as well, but it doesn't give me much hope for some of the longer books I want to read <laughs> later on in the year. Um, but it's a good start. You know, I'm not, I don't want to down my, on myself too much. Um, I just feel a little bit behind where I kind of expected to be, but, I'm, but it's okay. I'm doing yeah. okay. Yeah. uh, Now that you're bringing up the challenges. uh, So mine was I wanted to sort of refresh Psalm 1. uh, Yeah. Because I had memorized that a while ago. And I spent some time in it. And it's sort of, uh, I struggle with like the last sort of like verse and a half. So there's only six verses, but like, so it's like, uh, blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight mm-hmm. is in the law of the Lord, and upon the law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are nice. not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sit in the congregation of the righteous. For the... Uh, and th- this is the where I, I kind of go like my brain goes um, <laughs> and it's like for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. It's somewhere in the, like it's like I've got most of the pieces, but it's like the verbatim kind of like. Yeah. So it's like eh, mostly. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been, um you know, it's sort of good to go back and sort of dwell on that. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome. I want to continue to sort of like sort of add back in some of the different passages I had memorized and sort of like firm up a bunch of that stuff. So Mm -hmm. nice, dude. I dig it. That's how it's been. Yeah. I think uh, we've, we've got another form to observe. There there is another, another form. Like speaking of forms, pull pull out your form. Welcome to the backlog reports. Backlog. Oh my goodness. We got the dumping stuff like dumping backlog all you got backlog all <laughs> over your lap. <laughs> my backlog just went everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. Yeah. Man. Well Well, um, yeah, let me go ahead and read it off here. What do I have to report on? Um, in terms of games, what I have to report on is I'm still playing Ease the Oath in Felgana. And I am enjoying it quite a bit. It's this action RPG. Um, I know I described it last time as kind of sort of like a, you know, isometric 
not isometric, but sort of like Link to the Past Zelda feeling game. But it's more of an action RPG than that. It's it's heavier on combat than it is puzzles and stuff like that. Um, it's fun. I'm really enjoying it. It is challenging. So I, I talked about how it's apparently the hardest ease game. Um, and I do feel that at times it's not an overwhelming challenge, but it is a challenge in which you will die at every boss until you learn how to fight the bosses. So it's much more of like a Dark Souls type of challenge, and I know that's overused, but all that I mean to say is that it's not impossible. You just have to learn how to do it. And then once you do it, or like once once you get it down, you kind of feel out their attack patterns and do stuff, mm-hmm. then it's not it's not that difficult. It's just going to take you a while to get there. Um, I will say a little spiteful thing. Uh, one of the Steam achievements is to die like 12 times on a boss and the achievement pops and it's like, go look at a fac already or something like that. I'm like, seriously? Come on, game. I hate you. Why would you do that it, to me? You popped that achievement, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> it, it made me upset. Um, and I have looked at facts. Did you, did <laughs> did you, you feel attack? <laughs> yeah. It was speaking right into my soul. And I, I looked did at not you like it. and it said, get good, <clears throat> scrub. Exactly. Yeah. Go, go get some help and, and come back later <laughs> when you present a challenge. Um, yeah. But I, I am enjoying the game. so much. <laughs> right. Um, I am towards the end of the game, so I should be finishing it up here soon. Um, but I'm having fun with that. I did play through a game, a tiny little game. I'd mentioned it on a previous episode that I got it for free. I played through all of Mom Hid My Game on Nintendo Switch. Okay, that's, that's the one that you mentioned the other week. Yes, mm-hmm. and it is a quirky little puzzle game, basically. Um, and it was way more clever and funny than I expected. So I enjoyed my 45 minutes playing through the whole game way more than I expected to. Because it's it's a hand-drawn art style. It's very much like it, it's intentionally kind of low-quality looking. like it, it, Not flash game low-quality, but just very much like it, you could tell on a super budget, like this dude just wanted to make a game in his spare time kind of a thing. But the jokes that are in there and the way that you kind of have to figure things out within the game because you're trying to find, uh, basically trying to find your 3DS that your mom hid, um, it was much more clever than I expected. So I actually really enjoyed my time with it for what it is. Like it's a port of a mobile game. It's 45 minutes. That was a free game through Twitch, right? Uh, Through Amazon Prime. Mm. So is Prime owned by... Or is Twitch owned by Prime? I don't think so. It is. is it? I don't know. Twitch okay. is owned by Amazon. So maybe. Man. Okay. Now, okay. Now, I'm checking, now I'm checking my, my Amazon. I'm like... Yes. Yeah. Go it's, for it. Because it's... It's three ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a fun little romp. I... Yeah. I enjoyed it quite a bit more than expected. It's nothing amazing. It's not going to crack my top 100 games of all time. But it was. It made me want to go back and play those brain teaser games um, like the Professor Layton series and stuff like that. Like those, I think, because those are more substantial um, and those are really good games. Um, but this one, it's, it's not a really good game. But for what it is, the tiny little thing that it is, it does it really well. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, so 
I, I really enjoyed it. So I did take a negative point for that, which brings my score down to negative four yeah. altogether. Um, and I also have been playing through some more of, I, I think I, I brought it up last episode, but I started playing Halo, the anniversary edition, uh, right? Is that what it's called? I don't know. CE. C. What does that stand for? I don't uh, know. Some sort of edition. Collector's edition or something like that. S- or, something uh, like complete, that. It is in the Master Chief. Complete Ch- edition. Yes. Complete Halos. Um, anyways, that game I have been playing with, with my son, Oliver. Um, and I know you're like, oh, he's only seven years old. How are you playing a rated M game with him? Well, we're not really paying too much attention to the story. Yeah, it gets gory. Yeah, I didn't realize the, the zombies of people that are like, you know, falling apart and stuff like, eh, whatever. But I play it when uh, my daughter has her dance class and my other daughter is sleeping. So my wife is out with my daughter at her dance class. So it's just the dudes. And so we play some Halo. And we're enjoying it. We have it on easy. Um, it, it presents a little bit of a challenge just because this is Ollie's kind of first 3D game outside of Minecraft. Um, so, you know, we're, we're really enjoying that time that we get to spend together. We should be finishing that up here soon. So um, that's all that I have been playing over the past couple weeks. In terms of reading, uh, outside of Am I Called and the Institutes, um, I've listened through three books. Well, no, I didn't finish this third one. I did finish uh, The Bullet Journal Method by Ryder Carroll. That that was really cool. Um, and it's funny because we'll circle back around when we talk about essentialism. This book, uh, um, Bullet Journal Method, is just what it is. It's the method, right? Um, it does have a lot of conceptual stuff in it as well, but it is much more practical. And then it explains kind of why it is the way that it is. Whereas essentialism is much more conceptual with a little bit of practical, like mm-hmm. here's some ways to implement it, but it's much more like here's the concepts to grasp. Um, so it's kind of two sides to this. Like they can work in tandem if you want them to. So um, enjoyed that book quite a bit. Um, I did listen through another book called The Yes Brain by Daniel Siegel and Tina Bryson were their names. And it's basically, um, it's, it's about, I was going to say child rearing. That sounds so weird. Um, but it is about training up children to, um, and like encouraging them to problem solve basically. And, and, uh, so there, there was, I enjoyed the book overall. Um, I would probably disagree with some of their, um, ideas on, punitive discipline. I'll put it that way. Um, I think there's a place for it. I think we see that throughout the scriptures. Um, but yeah, so there's some stuff that I I would disagree with, but I think building resilience in your kids is very important. Mm -hmm. And so I enjoyed the book, um, as far as that goes. So it was good to kind of rethink also the, the way that I, um, the way that I interact with, with my children in their, in teaching them certain things. So that was good. The last one I've been listening to, and I'm not yet done with it, is a book that I'd heard tons of different places. I'm just now getting around to listening to it. It's called Anti-Fragile by Nassim Taleb. Um, and I am enjoying it quite a bit. It's talking about this concept of being, um, so so there's fragility, right? You stress something, uh, you apply pressure to something, and it breaks. So it's fragile. And then there is... Um, there is resilience. You apply pressure to something, stress to something, and it can withstand that pressure. 
And this, the concept here of anti-fragility fragility is something that actually gets stronger when you apply pressure and when you apply stress to it. So something like our muscles um, in general, our, our bodies, you apply stress to them and they actually get better the more that you use them. I think of also like instruments, you know, like an acoustic guitar. Um, over time, it actually gets better the more that you play it. Um, it sounds better. So uh, it's, it's kind of building out this concept, which is really interesting. There are some things I disagree with in the book, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it overall. Mm. So those are some of the things I've been listening to and, and reading. Uh, finally, watching, I did go and see Shin Ultraman in the theater, and I Lucky. really enjoyed it. Yeah, Lucky. yeah, it was, it was a fun little night out. I'm very uh, surprised my wife was like, yeah, go go for it. Um, and so got to do that. I really enjoyed it. It's not the perfect movie, but I thought it was really good. You shut your mouth. It is the perfect movie. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to give like an overinflated, you know, for someone who's never seen Ultraman or anything, it's not like this is going to blow your socks off kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but as someone who has watched the the old seasons of Ultraman, I think it is it is a fantastic love letter to that feeling of the old hmm. Showa era Ultraman. They were able to kind of recapture that and then tell a modern story as well. Kind of this, you know, uh, um, asking if there are these amazing, th- these weird, like crazy beings out there. Like, what place do we as humans have? that felt more existential, which isn't necessarily where old Ultraman goes. So that, that concept felt more modern. Um, but I think they did it well. And I think it's, it kept to the spirit of Ultraman, which I was very pleasantly surprised with, especially in a day and age where not a lot of media, uh, likes to, uh, honor what has come before, but that's all I'll say on that. Uh, and, and that actually finishes out my report. So what do you have to report on, bud? Uh, well, let's sort of, as we are wont to do, I'll sort of proceed in the opposite order. Um, okay. As far as watching, uh, been watching some stuff with my wife, uh, nothing mm-hmm. serious. I sort of uh, watched a few episodes of One Piece in the you know last couple of weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, checked out some more Chainsaw Man. Uh, okay. I don't know. It's, I'm not, I mean, I'm enjoying my time with one piece, but it's mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't know. It's, it's good. I'm just, and, I, and I'll probably continue to watch it, but I'm just wondering, like, it's like one of those things where it's like, I can see where like other people get into this, mm-hmm. but it's not really my thing. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't, I mean, and I don't know if that's even the right way to put it, but it's, I'm, just like, it's, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm waiting for like, I'm, I'm kind of the, there's that part of me. It's like, what is going to be the thing that sort of just, just grabs me. And it's like, Oh no, yeah. like now. And I'm like 105 episodes in like, Oh, okay. And I'm kind of like, so- I mean, so you're still pretty early. I've heard it gets really good around like episode 400 or so. Yeah, but and I know that's like a joke. I'm just kidding. Also, yeah. like I'm a hundred, I'm a hundred plus episodes in. Like, I, yeah, that's that's a commitment, dude. I'm like, I'm like, am I, I? I'm enjoying this, but 
do I enjoy it enough to just like keep going? And yeah. there's the weird part of like my brain is sort of like broken where it's like, I have to see how it ends. There's also a part of me that's like, <laughs> like, but do I care? Yeah. And the answer is like, well, kind of, but not like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't hate it. I, but I'm, I'm, I'm just, I like it. I don't know. It's, I've been told that the arc that I'm on is like the arc that, and there are moments that I've like, there have been episodes where I've been like, oh no, mm -hmm. this is like an absolute hoot. But yeah. there's a lot of stuff where I'm yeah. kind of like, yeah, mm -hmm. well, not so much. Um, yeah. As far as reading uh, Essentialism, I, I listened to it mm -hmm. again over the last couple of days. And then um, as well, just kind of been listening to a little bit of uh, the institutes here and there. Uh, I haven't. Nice. Something that I, I do want to start trying to do some more reading um for a, a few different things but just so, like i've got a whole bunch of like i need to deconstruct a whole bunch of habits and so uh -oh. yeah i got I, I got i've got to deconstruct stuff um <laughs> gotta deconstruct your faith in your habits oh <laughs> no um i just i do need to like there's some habit stuff where i need to sort of like almost like kind of like start over and yeah um yeah i mean and that's kind of what what we talk about from time to time but uh as far as games go i mean i had uh there was one night in the last couple of weeks where there were a couple nights actually where i got to hop on destiny 2 and play some destiny 2 for a while nice um, so that's been cool. I, I like that game. Like, it's just like, mm -hmm. I'd probably be playing more of it, but like the reality is that, you know, B requires a lot of time and attention and yeah, destiny yep. two is not the type of game that sort of, it's like you're, you're either playing that or you're doing other things. Um, but why can't you just pause it? Uh, cause it's a, <laughs> a, it's a live action game and it's a games as a service game. Just um, pause it and come eat dinner and then you can play afterwards. Yeah. And that's, that really is like the, that's sort of like the downfall or the, like the, the downside of that, that mm -hmm. type of game is that like, you have to just like carve out the time for it. And it's, yeah. it's, yeah. you can't just stop. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, that's that's kind of been. There's that. Uh, obviously, playing Marvel Snap, uh, Logan and I sort of geeked out about it on the the episode of TRG that I was on. Yeah, um, and that that was a lot of fun. Talked about, got to talk about Ragnarok. Uh, got a War Ragnarok. Uh, got to sort mm -hmm. of like, sort of Thor Ragnarok. Uh, no, no. Stop! Oh. You stop it! You just stop. Oh. I know what you're doing, but and it's talk about Thor. It's dumb. And you talked about Ragnarok. We we so. did talk about Thor a little bit, and we talked about Ragnarok, but mm -hmm. not the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You bum. <laughs> um, no, but it, it, that was a good time. Like I said, we we sort of geeked out a little bit about Snap. Uh, been playing a good bit of that lately because that's like the thing that it's like I can sit down and for five minutes and. Right. Like if I have 15 minutes, I can actually just play, I can play a few hands. 
Um, mm-hmm. In addition, like I haven't like it's it's just like one of those things where it's like I got to sit down for like an hour and I, I played a little bit more of Chained Echoes and it's like, okay. And again, that's like something that you need to have like a little more time for. And then, yeah. So it's like, it, there's a few things. And then I, I fired up because it's like, we've got the Majora's Mask book club episode at the end of March. Mm-hmm. That we're, and so it's, I want to start, I'm going to probably play it, try and play it on my 3DS. Um, but it's like, I have a bunch of stuff on my 3DS and the 3DS shop is is closing. So I wanted to clear out maybe some games. Uh, the 3DS shop is closing out, and I wanted to try and, um, yeah, like clear out some of my 3DS backlog and uh, maybe sort of add to the pile before it, it sort of finalizes. So I fired up this game called Attack of the Friday Monsters. Um, you and Wes have both like sort of brought this up from time to time. Uh, yeah, man. And I'm not far into it at all, like maybe 20, 30 minutes. And I know it's not a super long game. Like, gotcha. Um, right. And it's interesting, but um, it's cute, sort of slice of lifey. And I'm, I think I'm going to yeah. be like super into it um, in the sense that I just like the vibe that it's, it's throwing off. But nice. it's it's an issue of like, I just, again, like time to actually sit down and meaningfully invest in in a, in a, in a game or anything. Mm-hmm. It's like everything we're doing right now is super <laughs> passive. It's like, you know, like even I'm at a point where it's like I was talking about watching One Piece. Like even watching, because I, I usually watch, um, I'm usually subs. Just because, yeah. I don't know. Because it's generally better. Nah, yeah. I, I don't have like strong feelings. I, I don't have strong feelings either which way. Um, I'm a, I'm actually a pretty big fan of like the cowboy bebop dubs, but okay, okay, yeah, that's fair. But I've also been told that like those are some of like the best dubs in <laughs> anime. So, yeah. um, anyway, but it's like I was just like, but even there, it's like, re- oh, reading that's hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, like, oh, I got to pay attention to the screen. I, you know, I don't like yeah. that. Um, yeah. So there's that, uh, but I mean, so I'm, I'm playing like a bunch of stuff right now, but I'm not really playing anything. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of been like, I'm doing a bunch of stuff. I'm not doing any of it well recently, which is <laughs> kind of interesting because that's, that's actually sort of what the essentialism is, is sort of addressing. And it's really yeah. got me to sort of like ask some questions and wrestle with some things. So yeah. I'm looking forward to getting in that conversation, but my score hasn't gone anywhere. I did pick some stuff okay. up. I did pick up a copy of Persona 3 um, and nice. Persona 4 Golden for PlayStation, but I okay. own both of those already on Vita. So I don't have to take okay. any I don't have to take any points for acquiring them because I'm just buying versions of the games that I already own. Okay. So I know we have the Persona 3 sometime this year. Why did you buy Persona 4? Because I've never beaten it. Are you planning on... Oh, you've never beaten it. Okay, I I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that. Well, okay. So I got like the bad ending. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I want to get the... Like, I want to play and get the good ending. Yeah, for sure. At some point in time. Like, I I like those games. I'm just like... and, And even like... 
listening to Logan talk about going back to Persona 5 Royal, I'm like, someday mm-hmm. I will do this. Like, I like these games. Yeah. It's just not going to be anytime soon. But I want them yeah. there. Like, got, gotcha. Okay. Okay. And I, I, I'm sorry if I came off as no, like, no, no. why would you buy Persona 4? No. It's well known that I think that's the least out of the three. Um, but it's not, it's certainly not a bad game. It's still no. a good game. I it's didn't, it's come got off. great music. It does. It Persona really 4's does. music is so good. Stuff. Like yeah. all of Persona's music is like Persona 3, 4, and 5 all have great music. But I, yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I am not as familiar with Persona 3's soundtrack, but Persona mm-hmm. 4's soundtrack is like, it's a bop. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah, fun. They, it's kind of like, well, and, and I think like the thing is like, Persona 4 is so when you look at the themes like 3 mm-hmm. is about death and mm-hmm. that sort of thing Persona 4 yep. is about like it's basically like the power of friendship um kind somewhat of, yeah I mean like yeah. it's like you know like be true to yourself and like you know because they're all about like the persona like being true to yourself kind of thing um mm-hmm. and then Persona 5 is like you know fight the man and like get to the, you know, subvert and like change reality kind of, I don't know, like dramatically, mm-hmm. but collective unconscious. Yeah. It's insanity. That, that one's weird. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually, yeah. But anyways, I like, I like those games and I'm not yeah. going to go back yeah. to them anytime super soon but like that that was why i asked is is like is i was wondering if you were planning on playing four as well because they're not, huge games that's the only reason <laughs> and i'm actually because cool. i've got yeah. that new the, i've got the switch oled and i'm like mm-hmm. do i want them on playstation or do Ooh. i want them on switch <laughs> and i'm like yeah, it's more yeah it's more convenient and that oh that would look great on that nice I, little I'm oled like, screen i kind of went both and so <laughs> why I, not both? I pulled I pulled the trigger on hey, the, the PlayStation versions, but eventually maybe I'll okay. switch over to Switch. Hey oh. I, I was just looking at the Switch earlier today and I found it very funny that they th- you can buy each of the games individually, Persona 3 and Persona 4, for $19.99, or you can buy the pack of both of them together for $39.45. Like you literally save like 40 or 50 cents. <laughs> buying the pack i was like why are you even selling a pack when it's there's like no price difference i yeah. just thought it was funny um but, so but like i said i have i already own those games yeah. it's cool. like i'm just buying accessible versions of them so yeah um yeah cool yeah uh but that's that's it so that's where my beat down score is where is your beat down score mine's a negative four Okay. So for for beating Etrian two, for um that was two points, and then one for completing Persona Four Dancing all night, and then one for Mom hid my game. Okay. Okay. So very nice. You're you you're, you're, you're off to a solid start, even if it is like some weeby trash. Um, <laughs> whereas <laughs> trash. I, I'm still at positive one. Um. So, okay. but yeah. Um. Well, I guess that's sort of just the, the, the sort of last little bit here is uh, leads us into the next form. Like speaking of the backlog mm-hmm. beatdown, 
it's time to talk about the GG app, which is yeah. basically, well, not basically, it is the official app of the Backlog Beatdown. Uh, our mm-hmm. buddy Charles, he, he's sort of been working on this thing for a while now. Uh, and yeah. it's basically a letterbox style app for your video game collection. You can create custom lists. Uh, mm-hmm. There's like wish list functions. There's um, a whole bunch of different categories for like you can sort of mark off the stuff that you've played, the stuff that you've been, the stuff that you've completed. You can rate and review games. You, there's a whole bunch of stuff on there. And the way that we use it is w- that we basically create three cu- custom lists. Um, there's, well, we have three. Um, most people will only need two, but there's a list for everything that we play this year and then everything that we uh, buy. We sort of keep mm-hmm. those lists and that's sort of how we keep track of all of that stuff. Um, or It's one of the tools that we use to keep track of the stuff. It's a really great little app. We we really like it. Josh is, is showing me some of his stuff and he's he's like thumbing through it. And uh, he's if you're watching the video feed, you know, He's he's probably like he's touching things and um, making faces. My phone. He, he's touching his phone, but he's touching like <laughs> the little buttons on his phone. But uh, it's there is a free version of it. But then for five bucks a month or fifty bucks a year, you can actually have access to the the elite tier, which gives you access to early builds, a little more access to Charles, and a special role in his Discord. Um, we really like the app. We think you should support this and. You know, other things in, in other things that you should support. It's us. We have a Patreon, right? Hey, oh. And, uh, and again, th- it's a very sort of like low pressure, no pressure kind of like sell. But if you like what we're doing here and you've sort of done the rating and the reviewing, the sharing and the caring, and you've, you've done all of that stuff for us. And if you haven't done all that stuff for us, you know, we'd encourage you to just do that. But you want to go a little bit above and beyond. Um, we have a Patreon and there are some perks, right? Uh, patrons get early and uncut access to every episode. There's a video mm-hmm. feed that's available uh, for the patrons. They also, uh, you know, they have the the option to nominate a game for us to play or a mm-hmm. topic for us to cover on every episode. Uh, and, you know, then they get to harass us in the, they get in, in the, there's a, spe, not harass, I mean, that's a bit of a strong term, but there's a, a special channel in our discord for them. They get a special role. Um, and they just have a little bit more access to us in general, um, mm-hmm. you know, through the patron or the Patreon, etc. We have a lot of fun and, you know, yeah. like, like I said, it's one of those things that if you have a couple of bucks and you feel like throwing it our way, like, Hey, why not? Again, no pressure, you know, but you're missing out. Um, <laughs> so um, all that being said, uh, last but not least, uh, we are proud members of the Playwell Network alongside our friends, Wes, the Henshin Dad himself, a.k.a. the Toku Guru, and Hell. all the artists currently known as the Techno Funk Boy. Both these guys sort of like, you know, Paul does a lot of like actual play. Is it? Is it mm-hmm. actual play? Yep. Okay, I did yes, it. Yes, it is. This it is actually does a lot of yes. actual play stuff. Um, he's got a, an older podcast that talks about a lot of like retro and just general nerd culture nostalgia. Nostalgia. Mm, they talk pretty nostalgia kind of content. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wes, of course, he has the Henshin Dad podcast where he talks about to um, 
Tokusatsu. Man, I'm just sounding <laughs> awesome. Nostalgia and Tokusatsu. Yes. Well, but he 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 talks a lot about Tokusatsu, but then he's also got retronym where he's talking about video mm-hmm. games and and sort of he's going through a bunch of stuff there. Um, we we like these guys. We we love those dudes. Those, those are our friends. We like what they're about, and we really think you ought to check out some of their stuff. And uh, with that being said, here's a word from one of them. Hey there, I'm Wes, and I run the Henshin Dab Podcast. If you don't know what that is, well, it's a one-man show where I talk about all the things that you need to know about the tokusatsu genre from Japan. If you've seen shows like Power Rangers and Ultraman, then you've seen tokusatsu. And I just happen to think those types of shows are pretty cool. So come on over and take a listen as I discuss all the current and retro happenings in the genre. You can find it over at anchor.fm forward slash henshindad. I'll see you there, and don't forget, henshin a go-go, baby! And we're back. So this episode, um, a while ago, Josh, you had mentioned essentialism, Mm -hmm. and you brought it up before. It's Um, true. But... I had seen, you know, everybody was posting like, these are the books I read in 2022. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be too dismissive of of that, but I'm like, (laughs) I'm also like, I don't feel the need to publicize everything, which is kind of ironic given the fact that like the entire premise of like one, the entire premises of, of the show is talking about the games we play. So maybe I'm just being (laughs) super hypocritical here. I don't like that line of, Um, but uh, anyways, in, in some ways, in, in several of the book lists that I saw towards the end of last year or from last year, uh, essentialism popped up in a few of them. I was like, and I've heard you talk about it before. And I was like, I'm going to check this book out. I had like an audible credit and I listened to it and I was like, I really like this book. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean I do sort of, and I, I wouldn't say take umbrage. I do take exception to a few of his claims. Um, sure. You know, but overall, I think he's, he presents some pretty helpful frameworks and, Mm -hmm. uh, given as this is a video, uh, it is a, a podcast about video games and stewardship. I thought this is a pretty good one, uh, for just advocating for just general stewardship principles and is a book that I think at this point in time, like I'd be fairly comfortable recommending to most people and I know you would as well. So I thought yeah. I'm going to sort of like shut up here in a minute and let you sort of like <laughs> lead. I'm going to let you lead on this one because I am let you lead, but you're a lot more <laughs> familiar with this and I'd be sort of much more interested in sort of dialoguing with you about this sort of back and forth, like in having you, because you're more familiar with this than I am, but mm-hmm. in yeah. productivity sort of, I guess the, the, what I, what I, and just sort of like my baggage or my context here is I've read a bunch of like productivity books mm-hmm. and the, and, and we've, we've even talked about it and I'm not trying to rehash it, but like the whole thing with like John Piper sort of don't waste your life. There mm-hmm. is a kind of bend in the, these productivity trends where it's like, you need to maximize efficiency, blah, 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 blah. And he says, so like, yeah, like it is about, and I think like the, the phrase that he bandies about is it's doing less better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and, and it is about maximizing in a sense, productivity, um, and being more efficient. 
but there's a much more sort of holistic perspective in here. Like he actually mm-hmm. builds in categories for play, for rest, right. you know, yeah. and he he encourages a much more whole bodied approach. Like, you know, there's mm-hmm. a, an entire chapter dedicated to the importance of sleep. Um, right. You know, which is I every time I listen to that, the the, the two times I listened to that chapter, I was like, oh, I want to <laughs> sleep. I, I, I want sleep. Oh, but, yes, but you you also have to recognize the stage of life that you're in. Um, yeah, give yourself yeah. a little bit of grace because uh, you know that this the little bit of a side tangent. But I did listen to a book about sleep. You know, a couple of years ago, changed my mind on a lot of things, the way that I view sleep, um, and how it's necessary for the body. But um, while yes, it is like I do believe you know the about anywhere from six to eight hours is is kind of the standard what your body needs for rest. Your body was also made like I believe that God made it um, to be very resilient to be able to stretch those limits for certain periods of time, not for an extended period of time, which I used to want for myself <laughs> to yeah. be able to work on less sleep just indefinitely. No, I think your body was created for certain instances like young children, uh, which has happened, you know, since Adam and Eve, (laughs) there has been that stage of having young children where you just don't sleep as much. Um, I remember having the same conversation with my older brother as well, uh, because he was asking me about some productivity stuff. And, and I'm, I'm like, it was around the time I was listening to that book on sleep too, because it can have very bad effects on your body if you continually push it for a long period of time, but you are resilient. There's, That's what I'm well, trying to say. There's that, there's that one anecdote about the dude who was like the, uh, um, he was like some sort of entrepreneur or whatever, basically mm-hmm. was like sleeping like four hours a night kind of thing, like constantly right. jet lagged. And like his, Basically, at one point in time, he was so sleep deprived that his like he was starting to experience organ failure. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm going yeah. like, but this is like years of doing this. It's not like right. it's not right. like oh, like we've been doing it for a couple of months, and even yeah. there, like we managed, like you know, managed to sneak in like eight hours here and there, um, mm-hmm. you know, so or at yeah. least like six uninterrupted. Like tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm off tomorrow, so like, sweet. At some point in time, I'm gonna make Megan go lay down for like four or five hours. Yeah, because um, awesome. she's she's up and down with him like throughout the right. night. Um, yep. So, yep. Yeah, yeah. There's the ideal, um, but then there's also periods of time where you can stray from the ideal in order to accomplish certain and things. It, and like you know, not trying to get off on the citation, but and that's where I'm like, okay, like yeah, th- eventually. B will start sleeping through the night, mm-hmm. like, or at least most of the night. Yeah. And at that point in time, I'm like, okay, like we will have, like, I will have the opportunity. We will have the opportunity. Megan and I will have the opportunity to build somewhat healthier sleep rhythms in. Right. And it, it's very much like, as like, yeah, but, and, and so much of this book th- though too is like, and I, and mm-hmm. I, I think I said this earlier in the, in the, in the, the, the episode, but he talks about essentialism and he, he places a heavy emphasis on like choice and all, but it's really about creating boundaries and routines. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and the thing is like, he's kind of anyways, I I just, I thought the the entire thing was really refreshing. Um, 
And I also think like too, it's it's interesting that he chose the the term essentialism because mm-hmm. this is distinct from there's a, a minimalist movement mm-hmm. in a lot of ways with all and this is not minimalism. This is actually choosing because minimalism says like what's the bare minimum? Like mm-hmm. what is like strictly necessary, where essentialism actually says what is best. Mm-hmm. And so essentialism sort of gives room for making like quality of life choices. Yeah. Yeah. I think, so I've listened to this book multiple times at this point. I go through it about once a year. Um, and I have listened maybe one and a half times over the past, you know, couple of weeks when we decided that we were going to do this as, um, as the episode for today. And, uh, I think, I think for the first half of the book, if you don't know what's coming, it does sound a lot like minimalism. Um, and that's, that's how I had gotten into it, honestly, is like looking into minimalism, looking into the, you know, YouTubers and stuff like that that talk about minimalism, highly recommended this book. So, you know, six hours, whatever, I'll, I'll check it out and, and, and figure it out. So I think, I think it's related because it uses a lot of the same concepts, but I agree. I, I like it more um, because it does th- that shift in emphasis really makes a big difference um, throughout the entire thing. Um, even if some of the practices are are very similar, it's like the aim is a little bit different, is, is not, uh, you know, you're not cutting everything else out for the sake of not having anything, but it's for the sake of focusing on what's best, just like you said. Um, it's in, in, you, you said this earlier, but the, the way that it's termed in the book is that it's the disciplined pursuit of less, but better. Mm. So, um, and, and that's, this key is that it is a discipline because <laughs> it's something you have to work at. Um, and that's part of the reason why I enjoy it so much. So in terms of my baggage coming to this book, um, it's really helpful for me, I think, especially because of my personality type. I don't necessarily think that this book is like is going to be an epiphany for everyone who reads it. I don't want to hold it up to that standard, but it is very useful for me because I tend to um, deny reality and try to do more than I can handle. Um, and and part of that, my my I whether you want to call it a people pleaser. Or I, I just enjoy helping people, and when people ask me to help, I find enjoyment in saying yes, in trying to help as best that I can. I know not everyone's like that. For some people, it's really easy to just say no. Um, for me, that's not easy. That's something that I need to w- work on or think through, um, especially like I feel obligated naturally when someone asks me to do something, I feel obligated to say yes. Okay. I don't know if that's the case for everyone. Well, and there, um, there is an early emphasis on learning how to say no. And he, right. he goes like, and saying, and it is about saying no to the non-essential things. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the one sort of caveat that I would throw out about this book is I think there's a type of individual who's going to read this and use this mm-hmm. as a self, like an, an empowerment to sort of basically like double down on selfishness. Yes. Um, yeah. And that, 
And I think he sort of touches on it at some point in time where he's talking about like, you know, the decisions that we need to make need to be sort of like ultimately when for Christians, especially. And I, I think mm-hmm. like you and I have talked about like he he in his next book, you said that he talks more about his faith, but it does sound like he's a believer. Um Yes, I sorry. According to Wikipedia, I j- literally just read it today. Um apparently he's a Mormon. So Ooh. it's like, mm. oh, dang it. And then well, I mean, there there are sort of some common threads there, but yeah, right. that's a that's a bummer. Um yeah. but overall, he does build in room for sort of like the the spiritual kind of stuff he talks about. Yeah. Anyway, I'm getting sort of off topic here. Um, Mm -hmm. What I wanted to talk about, though, is like what for for believers, what I would say is like, I think there's a really interesting toolkit here if you need Mm -hmm. to sort of like maybe build in some boundaries and and sort of think about decision making a little bit more, but also put that under the lens of or under the sort of the authority of like making sure that you're loving your neighbor. Yeah. Um, Yes. Because I do think that there is a way to sort of cling to essentialism that you could justify it and actually be doing things like that would be justified under an essentialist model that Mm. you would be immoral for sort of holding to. Like, it's because... Yeah, I, I there is a, a and and I don't think personally I don't think like I think if you sat down and you were talking to Greg McEwen about this, like mm-hmm. he would probably agree with us. Yeah. Um. But based on the book, there's like there, like I said, there is a sort of a there are there's a certain type of per- person or a certain certain types of people that I am thinking about that if they read this, they would sort of grip onto these tools and use them to sort of like double down on selfishness. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, so one of the things you talked about earlier is that there's a, there's a, the book basically starts out talking about um, how you have the power to choose basically um, your life often. And this is, this is my experience again. I think it's part of my personality is I'm a pretty laid back guy. And so I I can kind of just let life happen and there are pros and cons to that. But if you don't uh, actively like intentionally um, decide where you're going in life, then just letting life happen, it, it can take you along with it without those, any kind of those, goal. The, the way he puts it is like a decision is going to be made. Right. You're either going to make it or it's going to be made for you. Yes. Um, by other people. Or just by sort of the consequences of like you not deciding. Right, right. And so that that's kind of like where he starts off. And so his his goal in setting that kind of foundation of like you have, and it's kind of like along the same lines of something like Jocko Willink, where, where he talks about taking responsibility, you know, a radical responsibility of, of the things that are going on in your life. Radical so, ownership. Yes, that's what it's called. Um, so, you know, basically like the, the problems that you're dealing with, you have chosen them. And so you have the choice to 
deal with them or to, to get new pro, you know, to figure things out. Um, it's basically like an anti, you know, victimhood mentality of, and, and not to say that you're not ever a victim of circumstance, but you have the choice to, to deal with it however you possibly can. So all that said, um, is you can, you can kind of like direct, you know, your life instead of, instead of having it being done for you. And so in order to move towards a different goal, you need to, you need to decide like, what are your goals? What are the most essential things to you? And so I think what you're saying, all that to say, what you're saying is that if you decide your ultimate goal is, well, I want to, you know, I want to have a million bucks in the bank, you know, in 10 years. Okay, you can cut everything else out of your life and be a horrible person and, you know, only go after money for the next 10 years um, and say that you're an essentialist because that is your essential, uh, you know, um, your highest contribution in life is to put money in the bank. (laughs) Well, and that's that terminology, the highest contribution, maximizing Mm -hmm your your highest contribution he even when he sort of originally sort of like introduces that term it's like Mm -hmm. he says like you know this is about sort of finding the way to maximize the thing that you have been put here to do Mm -hmm. right yeah and so implied in that is that like you're supposed to be there's a telos Right. <laughs> yes, you're you're moving towards something, and that it, you aren't just sort of like pursuing your own gratification, but rather mm. you understand your role as a contributor in the sort of the the grander scheme of things. Yeah, I yes, I think those threads are all there, and so yeah, as a Christian reading it, like you pick up on those themes, but the caveat is or the the danger there is if you don't see those things and and you have improper goals right? you yeah. can you can use this to pursue things and and to cut off the things that are that are immoral or excuse me that you can run after things that are immoral that are wrong that are sinful um and and cut out things that are truly good because frankly uh, you know the the way that God works in the life of the believer is not the most efficient way. <laughs> you know, and that's something that I wanted to talk like talk about too. Is that mm-hmm. you know I I recently sat down and had was able to have lunch with Jared uh, actually mm-hmm. last week, um, and we were talking and just so much of just ministry in general is highly inefficient. Because it's yeah. relational in orientation and relationships mm-hmm. are inefficient. Right. So much of the human experience is inefficient um, mm-hmm. and, it, and, and it designed to be so. And I think part of the problem culturally that we have and why this book is so refreshing is that we have sort of embraced efficiency to, as a culture. Mm-hmm. to at, at the expense of our fellow human beings everyone because yeah. and, and we've talked about this before this is like sort of like yeah. one of my hobby horses yeah. i like to get on here and tell everybody like you know you're you're bad people for devaluing you know the server at mcdonald's or whatever and listen mm-hmm. I, i'm not sitting here trying to like say like i'm any better than i i get mad when the the idiot screws up my cheeseburger just like everybody <laughs> else you know I shouldn't call people idiots. Um, but like, you know, 
there there is something in and, and we've talked about it before but there is something about where we are at and and culturally where everybody becomes a means to an end mm-hmm. and i think there's something even in this book and again it's not it's it's not explicitly stated mm-hmm. but like even like part of what he's talking about in the book is like a rejection that people are just a means to an end yeah you know, everybody's been put here for a purpose and everybody possesses dignity. And part of what he's trying to do is help everyone live to their fullest potential. Mm -hmm. Like, and again, you know, there's, there's some wackiness and weirdness involved in, in that, you know, apparently. Um, Sure. But I mean, it, 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 this book feels like when I was reading it, if, it felt like a very balanced model. I mean, he talks about mm-hmm. the necessity of play. Um, yeah. And he, you know, and again, he sort of like couches, couches everything in the, the terms of essentialism. Like there's essential play and then there's non-essential recreation. I'm like, well, like as somebody who has spent the last five or six years sort of like digging deep into recreation and play, I would probably, mm. I, there's a part of me that would love to sit down with him and be like, dude, okay. So like, you can maybe argue for the merits of like, you know, he talks about like when they were like trying to get their kids off screens, you know, a little bit more. Yeah. And they introduced mm-hmm. this token system, which actually I thought was brilliant. Um, yeah. Like yeah. it's like you get 10 tokens every week. It's a, you can redeem a token for a half hour of screen time or 50 cents. So it's like you can get five bucks at the end of the week. And if you like read books and you sort of do the more creative things, it's like, dude i just you know what i would do is i'd bank those like i'd do a bunch of reading and then i'd bank those mm-hmm. tokens and i'd you know kind of do what i do now you know it's like and just like, <laughs> be like i'm gonna cash cash like you know 10 of these things in in, in one stretch <laughs> and i'm sure that they built like in safeguards and stuff like that but yeah i just thought it was um it was just a really neat system but like mm-hmm. and he talks about like we wanted them, he, he used the essential terminology, like, you know, yeah. he was like essential recreation. And I was like, well, I mean, and everything in moderation. Like, I, I think it's good to encourage children to read as, as well. But it's like, you know, teach them to engage these things responsibly. And again, yeah, that's just, I personally I love, you- go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think you touch on something there, though, too, is that something about this book is that it is pretty much, like I said earlier, it is very conceptual. Um, it does get to some practical ways of working things out, but it's not its not about that. It's not a method, per se. It's more of a mindset, and then you kind of fit it in. Um, you kind of have framework. to work out. Yes. Yeah. And and so when he does that, he, he does that all throughout the book is he says, this is what essentialists do and this is what non-essentialists do. And he does that to differentiate. So he gives you those extremes intentionally and you can just to give you an idea of what these things are. Um, so when we're talking about, you know, either you can choose 
how your life is played out or someone else can choose for you. Those are two extremes. Of course, we all live in the middle somewhere, (laughs) you know, like you are making decisions about your life, but I'm sure there are plenty of places where other people have created your schedule for you, you know, in certain ways. Um, And there's always going to be that give and take. For instance, you know, like Samantha, my wife sets some things that we do throughout the week. And of course I am going to, uh, like that is going to be a conversation, like, we are going to compromise on things that we want to do uh, throughout the week. But what is essential to me is my relationship with my wife over, you know, the way that I set my schedule a few nights a week. You know what I mean? Um, so there, there's always going to be that kind of middle ground where you meet the, 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 the reality of life. But I think the book speaks in extremes intentionally to to give you a better idea of what these look like. And so you're not always going to be living in one extreme or the other. And we, we've sort of like, I mean, and we, we haven't gone into too much detail. And that's because it's like, it's kind of, it's like you said, the book is very conceptual and he offers like these frameworks where it's like, you know, the thing he says, you make one choice now so that you don't have to make a thousand choices later and so it's it and it's it's hard to you know as we're we're talking about this i'm like it's hard Mm. to really sort of encapsulate like because like there's a part of me that wants to offer like some sort of practical application here but like the reality is like some of this is going to look differently for everyone But in this book, I think there are, and again, it's, it's, there are some useful frameworks that I think will Mm -hmm. really like, and again, I think, I think he maybe over exaggerates like the, the, the sort of the necessity of adhering to sort of an essentialist, like he, he talks about like, you will do this every day and it will change your life kind of thing. And I'm like, and again, Mm -hmm. I, he's kind of overstating it, but it's like, I think overall, like he's, he is advocating for a disciplined sort of take on life. And, you know, he talks about building buffers and also there's, there's so many good things in here. He does talk about like the necessity of play as sort of a, 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 basically a, a, an opportunity for the brain to sort of explore. Yeah. He talks about being bored as not being inherently bad which right there's so many things in this book that i was like oh no i like that i like that i like that you know it's that Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. but what go ahead go ahead well if if you don't mind i'll just try and run through a quick kind of overview of the book for anyone who's listening who hasn't read it um it is chopped up into four different sections and so the first section is more about the just the mindset of of essentialism. And so it goes into what I said earlier about you are able to make a choice. Basically, you know, that, that idea of, um, ah, the Jocko Willink, the radical ownership of your own life, basically. And so if you have this ownership, if you can choose for yourself instead of allowing other people to choose, then you need to be able to discern what is actually important and what is unimportant because we often get very busy on things that are very unimportant and we feel busy. I know I, I do this as well. Um, getting all these little logistical things done that don't really 
help in the long run. You know, I get to the end of my day and I'm like, what did I do today? A bunch of, you know, I piddled around on a bunch of little things, but it never really, I didn't get much progress done. So discerning what is actually important and and kind of one of the theses of this book is that most everything is unimportant. Again, I think that's a little extreme. And again, this has to be tempered with things that are important don't necessarily produce results immediately, you know, so it's not, this is not a, uh, we, we talked about the inefficiency of relationships in general. I think also, you know, it is essential as a Christian that you are spending time with the Lord, right? In scripture and prayer, things like this, these, these spiritual disciplines, those things are essential. That doesn't always mean that they are going to be fulfilling for you every single time you, you know, perform these disciplines. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it may feel different on your end. It may feel inefficient in the moment, but it is essential that you are growing. Um, and it might not feel like growth if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You looked like you were about to say something. Well, I think that what you're sort of touching on again is that sort of that, that cultural, the, the sort of the instant gratification. Like I put mm-hmm. $5 in, I expect my, my return or right. my change. You know, it's like versus sort of the, like I'm engaging in this discipline that might not have immediate or I'm engaging in this activity or whatever that mm-hmm. may not have immediate results. And mm-hmm. even like, you know, I think like the way like diet and weight loss and, yeah. and, working, and working out, and it's like, you don't go to the gym one time, like throw, throw a bunch of weight around. And then, you know, the next day you wake up and you've got like, you know, an Arnold bod, um, mm. that's, it's going in, it's the little discipline. It's the sort of like every day and over time, the change becomes apparent. Yeah. There's something useful. And I think even he, he does stress some of that. Where it's like mm-hmm. it's not about like making it's not the drastic change. It is the the micro changes. It's like yeah. you, and you sort of act on these micro changes. But anyways, I just I wanted to sort of jump in there for a second. So right, right, because and and I think one of the reasons we're trying to kind of like hone in on this is that because you can make when discerning what is the most essential, what is the best thing to do. Often we gravitate towards, okay, what produces the most results in the quickest amount of time? You know, like what is the most efficient? What do I see progress the most, you know, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that is the most essential thing in your life. Sometimes, (laughs) sometimes the most essential things don't produce fruit for a while. That's just, that's just part of it. Maybe even seem counterintuitive. So I've got sort of like... I've I've got sort of an example that I I'd, I'd mm-hmm. like to just sort of bounce here. Like, you know, I mentioned earlier in the episode that I'm really kind of just like kind of starting to burn out at work. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and I'm really I like my job. It's just it's getting mm-hmm. to be a bit much lately. And I've been thinking about it and I think so much of like just the 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 modern American male mindset is dominated by occupation. And it's sort of like the yeah. idea of providing, or this is like, you know, it's like, it's that idea. It's like, you know, you, you go, you meet a guy and almost immediately you meet another dude. And like, it's like, 
so what do you do? <laughs> like it's, mm-hmm. it's such yeah. a, a large identifier and that's, that's fine because I think that's, that's kind of creationally some of the, like the, the role we have is we're doers, we're providers, we're, you know, we are meant to labor, we're meant to work. Um, yeah. And so what I've been, and I'll just sort of like, one of the things I'm thinking about is just like, you, you talk about like, part of the, the, part of the big thing is like really saying like, what is really important to me? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I've spent a while sort of thinking about this and it was, it was, this has been a process even before the book, but the book helps sort of maybe narrow some things. So it's like, I have like three or four, I don't know, just say I I have like basically a quadrant and I have four Mm -hmm. chief priorities, really three. And then one's a catch all, but it's like my home, like, and I, I basically categorize it as home church. And then this, this podcast and some of, some of the project and like this kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. those are the three primary areas of my attention. And you know what doesn't actually show up on there? is my work as a mailman. Now I like my work as a mailman, but it is mm-hmm. not a, and it, it's, it's something is good, but it is not a chief. Like to me, it's like, it's like what it, like the, the anecdote he, and, and, and I'm not saying like, I'm going to quit my job or anything like that. Yeah. What I, yeah. what I am saying is, um, I, I want, want to be making sure that I'm taking care of my family. So that yeah. I'm taking care of my wife and I'm taking care of my son. And that means, you know, I make sure that the home is safe, you know, that we have the things that we need that, you know, the house isn't falling down around our ears, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. th- with the church sort of category, right. I'm a deacon in the, the PCA. We've talked about this before. And just part of my role, part of that is making sure that people, you know, have the services, you know, just like doing diaconal work, like, you know, caring right. for widows and orphans, like taking care of the church building, taking care of the congregants, like when they have physical needs, kind of things like that. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, this podcast and, and sort of the, the work I'm, I'm trying to sort of like do with the, how should we then play stuff that, that whole sort of like that whole study, that's, that's, th- those mm-hmm. are the things that are really important. And like, those are the things that like, when I think about legacy and what, like in a hundred years, if my name's remembered, those are the things I want to be like, I want to leave behind. Yeah. Now I want, obviously want to be a good laborer and stuff like that. But one of the things I've been thinking about is like, I'm exhausted. I'm basically sort of, I've been in this loop where it's like, I work, I come home. I, I eventually sort of collapse around midnight. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so like, and I get back up about six thirty, seven o'clock. You know, sort of throw some clothes on, roll back out the door. I work for ten and a half hours, and I've just been thinking about this. And so, one of the things that I'm potentially considering is like, I like my job. I mm-hmm. have no intention of quitting. It's it's a good job and it's it's good work and and I I love it. But I do feel like potentially one of the things I'm thinking about, and again, I'm just sort of like talking sort of theoretical and Megan and I are talking about this is like maybe here in a couple, like next quarter getting off even cause I'm on what they call the work assignment, but getting off that part of the list and just saying, no, I'm going to work eight hour days as much as possible. So I can mm-hmm. be home 
for my wife so I can be home for my son. Yeah. So I can, so that like, I have like that extra hour and a half, two hours a day to get things done around the house, to be more involved in my church, to dedicate mm -hmm. time to, to study and do like podcasting stuff or, you know, just whatever. There are so many things, even with the podcast that I want to do that frankly, like, you know, is it extra income? Yeah. But it's, it's also like right now. And again, I'm not advocating like, Hey, work less, you know, make mm -hmm. sure that you're paying your bills and things like that. And if right. I need to, you know, we'll, we'll sort of, you know, I'll, I'll keep doing it, you know, mm. but it's, I'm reevaluating that. And I think that part yeah. of the reason I'm yeah. reevaluating some of the outsized demand is just, you know, it's like, well, I, I like my job. I want to do my job, but like my job isn't like a lot. He's like talking like corporate projects and things like this, more, more entrepreneurial kind of like yeah. oriented stuff like that, where it's like, and I'm, I'm looking at it and saying, well, I don't have that option, but what I do have is like, you know, I, I think about the anecdote he shares where the guy's like, you know, the, the, his boss comes to him and says, I, I really need you to, you know, we, we've got work scheduled for Saturday. He's like, hey, Saturdays are off limits. That's, that's dedicated for my family. Manager mm -hmm. gets like mad, goes away, comes back and says, well, everybody agreed to work on Sunday. He's like, well, that's unfortunate too, because Sundays are off limits as well, because that's when I go to church and mm -hmm. like, you know, and the manager's like mad and it, it was probably not comfortable. Like it, like if I get off the, the overtime, like the, the work assignment list, it will mm. be uncomfortable because basically my bosses will have to give me like an hour and a half of help most days. And yeah. that will be a very, <laughs> I'm not, they will not be happy. <laughs> they will not be happy. It will be yeah. probably uncomfortable for me. Um, yeah. but the reality too is like, I think part of it is like, I want to be like when I am at work, right? Mm -hmm. I want to be making sure that I'm, I am contributing. Like, yeah. and right now I feel like I'm working 10 and a half, 10, 10 and a half hour days every day. And I've been yeah. doing it for months. I'm exhausted. I, and, and it was main, much more maintainable prior, prior to the boy. But right. with that introduction of that extra stressor, I'm like, this is a step too far. Like mm -hmm. I need to like do something to sort of, so that I'm actually can like, I'm actually performing my duties in a reasonable capacity. Yeah. Like, th does that make sense? Like, and a lot totally. of like, even some of this framework was like this book and some of the, the framework and the, the disciplines he's offered helped me to sort of zero in on and there are a few things where I'm like, you know, I could potentially, I could go to the, to the church and say, Hey, I need to like step back from diaconal duties for a season, mm -hmm. you know, or yeah. you know, even sort of I've, I've considered, you know, and, and, and again, I'm not making any decisions. I'm sort of like, and that's, right. that's even part of the process where it's like talking to you and saying like, Hey, the schedule with this, like, Maybe yeah. we, we sort of change up the format for a little while, you know, mm -hmm. like I have, but the part of it is like, and he talks about this early on, it's like exploring my options. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I'm looking at sort of all the different levers that I can pull and saying like, okay, like this is, these are some of the different things that I can do. Like, do I have, and, and I think the problem for me personally, and again, I know we're sort of, 
is that I don't have a lot of like extracurricular activities. It's not like I've got a ton of okay. like irons in the fire. It's like mm-hmm. I work, I come home, I'm not active in the union anymore because I just felt like that was sort of a distraction, you know. Okay. I, I wasn't yeah. super active, but it's like I don't go to union meetings. I'm not part of any social clubs. It's like and even a lot of the stuff that I like would like to do for the church, a lot of times I just don't have time for that. Like, you know, different like study groups and stuff like that. I don't even gotcha. have time for some of that stuff because it's like, well, I've got like, I've got stuff at home, especially now with the boy. And it's like for right. the longest time it was like work, 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 work. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's like people are like, Hey, you should come out to this thing. It's like, well, I'll be done working at about five thirty, six o'clock. So and mm-hmm. probably not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but like I said, the, 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 it's exploring all the different options and saying, Hey, what do I need to do here? And again, yeah. I haven't made any decisions, but it's like, I'm, I'm, there were things that I didn't even think about putting on the table as far as like saying like, Hey, well, what can I do here? So, yeah. 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 That's great. And I think that that rolls into, you know, we, we talked about choice, you know, the, the power of, of, you know, your own choices, but part of that, and I feel dumb for not bringing this up is the, um, the acceptance of your own limitations that you can't do it all, you know, especially like you're, you're talking about your, you just, the position that you're in with work of how, it seems like your hours have steadily increased and it, it continues to, to creep up, whether that's, you know, it is for other, you know, other factors and things like that, but you have to accept like, this is where you are in life. And this is the limitations. When I, when I talked earlier about sleep, like that was something I had to accept is like, oh yeah, I don't like these limitations (laughs) that I physically have to sleep, that it's healthy for me. Well, um, and it seems counterproductive, but it might, one of the things is like maybe stepping back and saying like, Hey, like I'm not taking on any overtime yeah. might be exactly what I need to do in order to just be more effective on the route period. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I'm fatigued. I am mm-hmm. worn out and right. that, that exhaustion has just sort of been compounding and yeah. compounding and compounding. And then with Byron sort of coming in, it's a, it's like, they just get, that got turned up. And like, right. all of a sudden I'm at a yeah. point where I'm like, all right, that, no, <laughs> like I, I got, yeah, this is not sustainable. This is right? not sustainable. Something needs to happen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, so one of the things that, that the book talks about, which again, it's like this concept that, that seems obvious, but then you put it together and it's like, okay, that makes a lot of sense is just the concept of trade-offs, right? So every, every decision that you make, there are going to be problems. And so like he puts it pretty bluntly in the book is he's, is he's like, what problems do you want to have? Yeah. Like that, yeah. that's the, that's the choice that you have is the problems that you're facing right now are because of choices that, that you've made. And so what problems do you want to have? Because every choice you make is going to have a trade-off. There's going to be good things that your, your job, you enjoy your job. It's a good thing. It's a good source of income, but here are the problems that come along with it. You know, so what do you want to do now? You know, do you want to have, do you want to have this 
awkward conversation with your boss, right? Is that the problem that you want to have instead of the problem that you're having now that you don't have time to do other things? What problems do you want to have? You well, know, and, and that's part of that. Out, like, I think one of the things that, and again, I don't think it's something that he explicitly sort of pulls out, but a lot of mm. times when you try to do it all, like that, even that opening yes. anecdote, like oh where he gosh. talks about like, you know, his wife, his daughter had just been born and like he goes into the work meeting and like, because his the one of the partners was like, no, the client will really respect your decision to be, it's like, I got in there and, and again, I'm sort of paraphrasing, but he's like, he's like, I rolled into this meeting. It does not, it did not seem like the client was super impressed with my decision. Yeah. I felt bad because I should have been with my wife and daughter. And he's like, and it didn't move the needle in any significant way or beneficial way. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times, like, we make these decisions because we want to be helpful because we want to sort of be useful. Yeah. But then just even there, it's like, you know, you sort of, you volunteer or you, you take on the extra work because you think like your boss is going to appreciate it. And what actually happens is that you just sort of turn into a doormat. Yeah. Like, and it just becomes expected and all this other stuff. And I'm not trying to say like, don't be helpful. But if mm. you have like a principled position and you say, no, this is what I'm willing to do. This is what I can do. This is what I can't do. And I'm not like, mm. obviously, like if your job requires you to do X, Y, and Z, like you need to be able to fulfill your obligations for the job. Yeah. But it's yeah. also like, namely for the, 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 the thing right now with me and the, the time you know, and, and I've actually, I've had a, a couple of buddies of mine uh, from work tell me that they've checked out the podcast. So, uh, nice. Con- Connor, Ivan, if you guys are listening, what's up? Um, uh, hey, hey, there you go. You, you're, you're getting a crack at some of my, 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 my inner thoughts, a little bit of an early <laughs> shout out. Um, but it's like, I'm, I'm weighing, it's like, you know, has my decision to sort of stay on the work assignment list how has that affected my relationship with my supervisors and my management? Like, and at mm. first I was like, oh, this seems like it will be mutually, mutually beneficial, but it's actually, it seems like as time goes on, it's actually becoming a bit of a stressor because like, mm. and again, I'm not saying like my bosses disregard me, like, you know, my supervisors are good, good people. I mm. really don't have a, a lot of problems or complaints there. It's more along the lines. It's just like, I almost wonder, it's like, what if I just said to him, like, no, like, I'm going to go on the eight hour list and that's all there is to it. And you're going to need it. Like, like what kind of like, because I like part of the problem is like, I feel overworked and underappreciated, mm-hmm. but then there's also the issue of like times and everything. Like there's like, there's so many, so many compounding issues there. Do you, does that make any sense? Like where it's like, oh yeah, I think like, yeah, my intent was good. Mm-hmm but I'm not sure that the end results have been all like, you know, it's like, I imagined like, Oh, like, Hey, this will be helpful. And it's like, but I wonder if that like compromise. And again, I don't want to, but like that, that sort of trade off was like, yeah, well maybe it wasn't the best one for everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do think that, that throughout the book too, and you brought this up earlier is that idea of exploration. Um, so like even accepting your failures at times, um, he talks about if because if you know the most essential things, 
then your failures are just helping you to get clarity, right? On on I think the way that he says it is like failing just means you're a little bit wiser. Like yes, oh yeah, I I did like that. Yeah, it means that you're wiser today than you were back when you made that decision. Yeah. So there's nothing to yeah. You shouldn't. I was like, that's actually. I mean, that's really more of like that school of like hard knocks kind of stuff, but yeah, yeah, it's like learn from your failures, get yeah, get wisdom. Yes. Oh man, I like that. I like that. I think someone said that before. Um, so, th- so that's that's kind of the main concepts of the book and and what it um, posits as the essentialist mindset. The rest of the book talks. It's a little bit more practical, or at least it gets a little bit more detailed. I guess it's not necessarily all practical, but it, it does delve into the details of how you discern what is most essential from what is trivial in life, um, and then and then it talks about like how you actually go about cutting out the trivial stuff. So it has some ideas on on how to tell people no or how to. Um, just some some kind of practical ideas on how to pull back from things that you've committed to and 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 things like that how to ideas on making yourself unavailable you know only having set times for doing things instead of always being available things like that and then uh, the final kind of section of the book talks about um a little bit more detail on how to function how to set up kind of those, not necessarily habits, routines, but set up kind of rhythms of life to go about going towards those things that are most essential. Um, so one of the, one of the big things he talks about is buffers. Um, I know I fall into the trap. He talked about, you know, this one, uh, lady, um, he references in the book. He doesn't, he doesn't even name her at all. Um, who assumes that, you know, because, someone who's constantly late and stressed because she's late um, because she was able to make it to one place. Like it took her five minutes. She was able to make it to the store one time in 10 minutes. And occasionally she still makes that trip. He's like, but on average it takes 15. Right. Right. And so, (laughs) so, so again, that's not like accepting the limitations of, of just, reality itself. Um, and, and so that it's a constant stressor. So, so something like that, uh, cause I know I struggle with that too, is, is saying how long something is going to take and it always ends up going over, but I feel bad assuming that it's going to take, you know, wildly longer. Um, so I know that that's something I have to remind myself of too, but things like that, you know, what, what to focus on, um, uh, something that, that you said earlier is the decisions that, um, uh, that make, what was it? Like a thousand other decisions. You make one decision along- that cuts out a thousand others. Is, yes. Is basically sort of how he says it. And I think, and again, we've, we've sort of, we, I, I think we, we said this, uh, well, but it's it's about creating boundaries and it is about mm-hmm. creating routines and habits. And he's sort mm-hmm. of like, I think even the sort of like the, the destigmatization of routine, he's like routine can be healthy. It can be yeah. good. It, it sort of has like a bit of a negative uh, connotation. Yeah. It, it, like today it's like, it's kind of like, oh, oh, it's routine. It's kind of boring. It's bland. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
And even sort of finding freedom in that sort of building in those guardrails and building in those limits and understanding like, you know, and he says like, there's a lot of like self-help E kind of, I mean, it's basically mm-hmm. a self-help book, but like there's the, mm-hmm. he's like, those who embrace limits find them, find themselves to be limitless or whatever. And what he's uh-huh. talking about is that when you, you sort of acknowledge the boundaries and say, these are the lanes that I'm going to operate in. And this is where my bandwidth is going to go. You actually can sort of go deeper than somebody who's like trying, who's got like you know, all 10 fingers in different cookie jars and is doing mm. like doing a lot of things and not doing any, any of them well. Yeah. Yeah. Not going in a particular direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, so I, yeah, I really like the book and again, it kind of, I guess I'm reiterating what we said earlier. Yes. You, this may not be the book for you, um, and you can abuse the things within the book, but it hit me at a time where I did especially um, feel that a lot of my time was going to things that I had not chosen, but I had allowed um, to happen in life, in different areas of life. And so it was really helpful to to have that reminder. And I'm not good at applying all of this. That's why I go back and listen to this book pretty often. <laughs> it's why I purchased a copy and after, you know, uh, getting after renting it from the library, for borrowing it from the library, I actually went and purchased a copy because I want to be able to go back to it um, pretty consistently. And I should, well, we were talking about this just this week, I should probably pick up a physical copy as well. Um, that would, that would help a lot. Um, so I'm not great at, at putting these things into practice, but it is funny listening to this over again after, um, kind of the goal setting process of the, the beginning of the year, because I do think I've, I've at least imbibed some of this stuff in thinking through, um, what are my goals for the year? And then trying to set up habits around that. That's kind of along the lines of what he's saying is like figuring out what's most essential and then setting up, well, you said it guardrails, um, to continue down those certain paths. So in taking a look at the book itself, I did also want to just ask a couple questions um, about what, the, you know, this podcast is about stewardship. We've talked about that. I think that's what this book is because ultimately, um, if, if you're a Christian, we want to steward what God gives us well, um, whether that's our time, whether that's the things, our gifts, as well, pursuing the things, you know, Paul tells Timothy to, to fan the flame, the, the gift that God has given you. Um, so to, to use those things and not just, uh, not just store them away. Um, so we want to be good stewards. And I think this helps us. It's a framework that can help us to do that. Um, but it's also a podcast about video games. So I do just want to ask, how does this relate to the way that we play video games. Have you, have you thought through any of how this um, might be applied within this realm? Um, because, you know, the podcast is the backlog breakdown. And so the thing that just screams out to me um, is that my backlog has largely been created by mindless accumulation. And I say that, of course, I made decisions. Oh, I, that game looks like a, a lot of fun. Like it's not, entirely mindless like i've just picked up a bunch of garbage games there I, there's been a little bit of research but it hasn't been uh with 
the acceptance of my own limitations to play all of the games <laughs> that I own. I so and that's actually it's it's kind of interesting because I mean we we've sort of been talking about this you know off and on behind the scenes and just you know we have a bunch of different things going on um and you know there's the patron picks and everything else I think one of the the things is like just even sort of thinking about the backlog like well last year I had a not great year um you know it's when we huh. sort of did the tell I I ended up fine but it's like yeah. it was almost like one for one in what whatever went out kind of like I replaced it with other things and okay. what you know so part of it is like I've been thinking about just like goals for like purchasing it's like I really want okay. to um and I know I've already got like one or two in the books there but it's like I really want to like stay under 10 purchases this year um oh wow dang well, and it's like, you know, especially after doing sort of like the 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 giant inventory of everything. And now, now there will still right. be some like right. weird purchases, you know, and, you, you know, um, like like I said, I, I picked up Persona 3 and Persona 4. I already own them, but now they're in a format that's much more accessible. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's there's part of that. Um, but I think even to sort of like looking at patron picks and stuff like trying to, you know, he talks about like doing stuff ahead of time. Um, we have a couple of our patron picks and what I'd like to do is, you know, sort of chip away at some of these earlier. Um, mm -hmm. also I think, you know, incentivizing the patrons to like look at our backlogs and saying like hey is there anything on josh's list or nate's list that like kind of catches your eye that you know we already have to maybe incentivize us um to, mm -hmm. to play those things or and you know there there's a a bunch of stuff and again like i'm exploring options so it's like yeah. I'm, I'm very much in the sort of the exploration phase with a lot of this but it is like i want to be i want my play to be meaningful um, yeah. And I think like, even in the book, he, he talks about, you know, the necessity. and again, I, I touched on it a little bit, but the necessity of play, um, I want, right. I want my play to be meaningful. And I feel like sometimes, especially in a video game podcast, right. Because it is the backlog breakdown. We, we <laughs> like is it, and especially with the, the way that the beatdown meta works, like you can just sort of get in that like like I'm just chewing through thing. I like mm -hmm. just to like sort of drive down the score and like knock off a few games. I want to be a little more intentional about what I play. Like I want to be yeah. a little choosier. I want to be like you know, and it, even sort of in creating the 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 backlog manifest that I did, like and sort of looking at that, it's like part of that process is to to help me sort of actually sort through the mess. Yeah. You know. And Totally. So, so, I mean, for me, like I said, I, there's sort of an exploration there, um, you know, and you and I mm -hmm. have talked about some of the, the, the things that we might do. Like we've talked about potentially you and I sort of pulling up our backlog inventories, going through each other's and maybe drafting a couple games for us to play or something. There's a yeah. pile of stuff that we've talked about that we, and it's like, well, like what, what can, and, and I think just being more reasonable with yeah. sort of like just what we expect out of our times. Like, yeah, I, I can tell you like 
especially coming out off of Baldur's Gate 2, right? Mm-hmm. Where we both ended up abandoning that game. Um, and, and maybe this, and again, this is exploration. This is not a declaration. But I've been thinking about it like, you know, like if we're doing like a book club episode or you know, doing a patron pick and I really don't like the game, like I'll give mm-hmm. it a fair shake. I'm much more open to abandoning a game that I don't like now. Okay. Like, and as long as I make that part of the thesis, you know, where it's like, where I'm like, no, I, I played it for like, you know, I put in like six, seven hours or whatever. And Mm. I was not having fun or I was like, this is not for me right now. Yeah. But I was saying that's what you're going to do with Majora's mask. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) There are complications surrounding that and the entirety of that That situation. That remains to be seen. That remains (laughs) to be seen. Uh, I will neither confirm nor deny uh, that that rumor. Um, Yeah. But but I I, I completely agree. I have very similar thoughts in just the idea of – choosing what you want to play rather than just going by uh the win I, I don't know about you but i will uh listen to podcasts or you know watch youtube or something like that and when people start talking about different video games it makes me want to play them or, oh, yeah, or yeah, want yeah. to check them out yeah. and and so i often get sidetracked you know this is games it's not it's not super important but sidetracked by those games and and so the downside to that i'm not saying that that's wrong I'm saying the downside to that is I have this huge bunch of games in my backlog that never get played, you know, that I had every intention to play that don't get played. That's the bad part. That's, you know, and so, so learning about those trade-offs and accepting those trade-offs of like, okay, if I really am going to play this, um, I, I think knowing what you want to play and deciding what you want to play. And I think your, your buddy Parker is fantastic about this with this whole spreadsheet and all that stuff. Um, it prevents you from getting caught up in the hype of, of wherever that hype comes from, whether it's from a retro YouTube channel or whether it's from, Oh, this is the latest and greatest video game that's coming out. And I, I think so that, that has been something that, yeah, I I've wrestled with. And I think sometimes it's, it's, frankly, it's fine. Like sometimes like actually what happens more often than not with that particular scenario for me is like, like I'll be listening to something. They'll be talking about something. I'm like, I own that. Why haven't (laughs) I played that already? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. attack of the Friday monsters, like obviously you Mm -hmm. and Wes have both like played it and talked about it before. And and I picked it up based on, on you guys talking about it. But then I was listening to a podcast and they brought like one of the guys brought it up and he says he's playing it. And I was like, I own that. That sounds mm-hmm. really cool, really charming. Like, mm-hmm. and it was like, it was like a helpful little bump where it's not helpful yeah. is like, oh, hey, there's this new thing. Like, check it out, check it out, check it out. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you what, one of the things I am really sort of glad about last year and, and I bought stuff i mean you know i yeah. i bought valkyrie elysium and that entire travesty <laughs> oh. uh, sad i and I, i'm i think one of the like this year i like because it's supposed to be a shorter game like 20 ish hours i'd like okay. to, to play it just to sort of you know gather my own thoughts on it but it was like yeah god of war ragnarok that was something that like i 
I sort of dedicated myself to it early on. And like, even mm-hmm. this year, like I have a couple of like, if this comes out, it's probably a day one, like Silk Song, yeah. like yeah. if Hades 2, which it won't, but if it, by some freak <laughs> accident, like, like some freak nature thing where it's like, just like, mm-hmm. like if it comes out this year, you know, and I'm not talking about like early access, I'm talking like a, a, yeah, like full a console full release version. Yeah. Like. Yeah, that'll probably be a day one for me. But like, yeah, and that's there's a ton of stuff coming out this year that looks very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. But I'm really trying to sort of like say like, okay, like really cutting back on the hype and just instead of like getting and it, hey, like, dude, Dead Space, the Dead Space remake. I love original Dead Space. Yeah, it was like even we we were I was actually sort of uh, in the fantasy critic chat. Um, with Micah mm. and and all those guys like the OG chat like Micah was asking about the Dead Space remake and he he named me he's like are you going to get it cuz he knows that I love that game um, right yeah and i was like i think i'm going to wait for reviews like i want to check it out mm-hmm. it's like i want to see what the reviews have to say and you know maybe i'll sort of like cool my heels on that a little bit do i want to play it day one yeah Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have a bunch of other stuff I've been meaning to play. And yeah. I mean, like, I, I, what's the, uh, the one that we were just talking about? Um, the one we were just talking about Hades two no, song. Re, or no, not just talking about the kingdom, um, the resident evil ish thing. It's like pixel the, already. Um, Oh, uh, Signalis. 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 Yeah, we 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 got there. Well, it's it's also it's getting <laughs> I knew it wasn't that. It's it's getting late. We're we're probably actually getting ready to sort of like land the plane here a little bit. But yeah. yeah it's yeah, like yeah. Signalis. Like that's definitely on my radar. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna hold out. And if I can get it on it like like I have stuff already this year that I'm like from last year. Like I, I, I right. my like tunic and cult of the lamb are both mm-hmm. like if there's like a wicked deal on that stuff, like I want to check them out, but mm-hmm. and Elden like a ring, Elden Elden ring, dude, for sure. <laughs> like, y- you know, yeah. even though it's, it's basically just like breath of the wild, but grown up like, <laughs> and without weapon degradation. Cause that's trash. Um, uh, is it completely without weapon degradation? I hope Cause so. dark souls games, you, I hate, weapons. I hate that. Well, I don't, but Dark Souls games, like your weapons don't like shatter into a million pieces. No, they you don't know, shatter. You can fix them. So yeah. I don't I don't mind yeah. that version of degradation. Gotcha. Gotcha. That okay. feels okay. Um yeah. but anyways, yeah, like there there's stuff from last last year that I'm interested in. There's yeah. stuff from this year that I'm interested in. Yeah. I just want to be a lot more strategic with all of it. Right. Right. Like Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think there are, um, there's plenty of things to apply, uh, from this book if you're interested in it, even with the way that we play video games. And while this is a little like sidestepping slightly, I think one of the things that the book talks about too is, is or that it can help you with is getting your important work done so that you can play games without guilt. Um, you know, especially the both of us as our responsibilities increase, you know, we're both dads. 
Um, so, so they're the things that, again, we have to accept these limitations on our time. They're both things that we've chosen for ourselves, <laughs> right? They're trade-offs to raising well, children. And, and um, even sort of like you taking the new position at church, me taking yeah. on like the diaconal position, like the, mm-hmm. taking on, like all of that is additional responsibility and it's a yeah. good thing and mm-hmm. it's an important thing and it's not like... But it it is about sort of a primary thing. There's like yeah, right. Like even there, it's like yeah, making sure that the obligations so that yeah, you can play, you you can enjoy the the hobby well mm-hmm. and engage it in a responsible and mature sort of way. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's not it's not consuming your life, but you've actually like created buffer time <laughs> for yourself to rest and to play (laughs) whether that's video games or whether it's something else that is something and again like you know i like like i i said we're probably starting to sort of land the plane a little bit here but that was last note but part of it though too is like he does in the, the book one of the things i just found really refreshing and i touched on it before but like he does encourage play he does encourage rest he does encourage he's like no, like I think one of the things that was really interesting is like talking about s- sleep specifically was mm-hmm. like how like, you know, the highest, some of the highest performing CEOs are guys who get like eight, eight and a half hours every night. He's like, no, he's like, they perform better. Like they talk about the study with mm-hmm. the violinists. Um, and he talks about even like with play, he's like, play is important. Play like gives you like when you, you're sort of using your imagination and you're being creative and like it actually frees you up to be more flexible and like develop helps develop critical thinking. And I was like, it's like really refreshing, really refreshing yeah. because like so much of like the productivity stuff is about stripping out all that because it's not mission critical. And yeah. he's actually saying, well, like if you, you major on the things that, like if you major on the things that are actually important, like the, the, the three or four things that are actually important he's like, you know, you have time and that's actually that time to sort of play and step away from like the, the hard work is actually, and it's something that we've been advocating for, for a while is like, it actually refreshes <laughs> you and it restores you and it allows you to get back to work and to possibly do better work because right. you've had a break and because you've had the opportunity to sort of step away and process and play and explore ideas. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like we were created to have this rhythm of, of work and rest. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird how that works. Um, it's yeah. like, and like the studies are pointing to more and more that like, Hey, you get enough sleep. If you've sort of like the, the quality of life stuff, like if you have a healthy work-life balance, you're ultimately more productive. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like, like I said at the outset, like, of course there's an ideal. We don't always live up to the ideal, you know, like I know, I know there's some controversy with even the idea of work-life balance. Sure. There are times where things are going to be more busy, you know, there's seasonal things, but you build in that the ideal 
so that you can be more flexible, right? So that you can be more resilient when the harder times come. There so. was there was something that you did a while ago where it's like planning out the perfect day. That's actually yes. like yes. like if you had a day that fired on all cylinders, what it would like, what would it look like? And I've been mm-hmm. thinking about that too. And I think like so part of it too is like even sort of like the getting like just a more predictable schedule so that I can actually build in a routine and I can say like, okay, at this time I'm gonna get up every day at this time i'm going to have my cup of coffee i'm going to sort of engage in these five ten you know minute whatever you know Mm -hmm. routines i'm going to get home at this time like we're going to like do x y and z like those routines yeah like Mm -hmm. so there's there's a whole pile of stuff that i've been thinking about like in that but yeah i just wanted to say thanks for sort of throwing this book you know out there time and time again and sort of for all the people that mentioned it. And then, like I say, I think what it really was is I had seen it in a bunch of reading lists. And then I think you mentioned mm-hmm. it and I was like, okay, like I'm like, I'm going to like take a, take a look at this thing and sort of dig into it a little bit. And I, I really appreciate it. I think there's a lot of wisdom and it's for the most part, it's a pretty useful sort of piece mm-hmm. of work. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully listeners i mean yeah you've already hung out with us for like as long as half the book is (laughs) if you get the audio book so uh, if you like listening to us just just go check it out go go get it from your library or something you know i'm sure there are ways that you can find it or audible or however um but yeah i i definitely recommend it with the caveats that we've already thrown out there um but i know for me personally and the way that i'm wired it's super helpful it helps me kind of get back on track refocus on things i'm not great at putting everything in the book to practice into practice um but i'm getting there and it's really helpful to be reminded of yeah. a lot of these things so that is or, essentialism that's essentially the book essentially essentialism you know, basically, sort of. Um, before we get going, though, we do have another forum to be observed that we do on the uh, second episode of every month. Mm. And that form comes in the form of a question. Of a what? Of a what? What is your quest, quest Sean? What is your question? We've got a question from one of you wonderful listeners patrons, just someone who reached out to us in the many ways that you can do that and asked us a question. And uh, today's question, it, uh, it actually comes from our Discord, from Makazlo. He asks, here's a question. Do you go for Platinums or 100%? If so, why? If not, why not? Are achievements actually a good thing in video games? So... It's, yeah, it's interesting because uh, I don't know that I was aware that that had been thrown into the the question thread. Um, uh. I actually posted something in our social social media uh, today about that. Yeah, you did. It was prompted by some discussions um, surrounding sort of like trophy hunting and the achievement hunting. And what I will say is that as a general rule, and again, I, I don't want anyone to feel attacked. I do not think that the trophy hunting mindset is a healthy one. I don't Mm. think it is a healthy way to engage the medium. Um, It there's something about the the way that 
trophy hunters consume games and sort of engage mm -hmm. them that feels a little off to me um mm. now that being said like i and again i'm just telling you like that's sort of how it feels to me like it's it sort of it's like yeah it's it's sort of about ac accumulating this sort of like street cred kind of thing and and again not every trophy hunter or achievement hunter is going to sort of be like this but it just mm. to me uh sort of strips away some of the like if you're just sort of exploring the game, I am not opposed to getting trophies or getting a hundred percent achievements or anything like, you mm -hmm. know, I've platinum several games and actually the, the, the platinum meta game actually, or the platinum meta rather actually serves as a bit of like, if I get a platinum on a game, it's usually a stamp of approval. Yeah. Um, it's like, no, this yeah. was really interesting. It was enough, enough so that I was like, I want to see everything that this game has to offer. And I think, mm -hmm. frankly, that's the healthiest perspective when it comes to that stuff. But yeah, like I think, like I said, as a general rule, I am not pro trophy hunter achievement hunter. Like that's just like I don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. It's, I don't think it's a great way to engage. But yeah. What about you, man? Yeah. So I have very similar thoughts. So I'm going to say the same thing, but kind of in the opposite uh, order. Um, I'm going to read off what I replied because I did reply to this in the discord um, when he asked. Um, so I said, I get the allure of achievements, but I've never been one to compare skills. The few games I've completed are because I've enjoyed the games and wanted to see all the content, not because I want a higher gamer score. I never set out to complete a game at the outset. It's something I might do after finishing the main game content. And when I say compare skills, I mean with other people. I do yeah. enjoy challenging myself. Yeah. Um, so comparing, you know, how good I am versus how good I, I was. And I am competitive. Like I can, I get in the moment of like when you're playing against someone else, I totally, I'm competitive then. Um, it's just once the game is over, I don't care about keeping that number one spot. Um, and so, so like you said, the, the idea of getting a platinum or getting a hundred percent, I, I totally understand. Like, I want to see those things pop also. Um, but it is a way of trying to get the most out of a game that I'm playing because I enjoy that game, not because it gives me, uh, you know, a, another, another number a higher number that i can compare against other people's high numbers yeah i say that i don't mean to completely demean that it's cool looking through other people's platinums and things to see what they've enjoyed and to see what they've played so i get it i'm not trying to totally put that down it's just there's there's a mindset that says that i'm going to platinum every game that i play that i don't understand at all like that doesn't and, and maybe that's my again my limitations my limited availability of of being able to play games but i i really don't get that i if i really like a game then yeah i'd like to milk the content but by and large i don't go for platinums because i don't it's not that i don't care it's just that it it's it's something special for games that are special to me that's that's yeah. it yeah, not not every game deserves a platinum run. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially not my name is Mayo. No. <laughs> no. No. Not at all. Um I'm kidding. That I'm being kidding. said, I, mm -hmm. you know, it is kind of time to land the plane. And yes. 
let's uh let's sort of like we we usually have a few shout outs at the end of every, mm-hmm. every episode mm-hmm. um i had to think about this for a second i've i've got two okay. two little shout outs uh nice there's been a couple guys have recently joined the discord there both right. of two of them maybe all three anyway but we you know uh jeff and luke from the fantasy critic league both both joined um that's right and but there's been some action going on in the the snap thread that i posted a while Mm -hmm. ago like been posting you know some pictures of some of the decks and you know just there's been some chatter and i i've appreciated that just wanted to shout out everybody who's sort of been kind of participating in that um also just a shout out to wesley ray um the pitch black mountain dew energies <laughs> um, they're they're delicious, and I'm finally seeing them in nice. stores, and so I'm using that to. Like, I have I had acquired a case of that. Um, <laughs> I am trying to prolong that uh, the aforementioned pr- pr- procured case. So I, uh-huh. yeah, when I see them, so you're in down the, to two cans. <laughs> so when I uh, when I see them in the wild, I buy them. But yeah, Wes, thanks for throwing that on my radar, man. Uh, they are delicious. That's all I'm saying. Nice. Well, but along those same lines. you guys want them, I just save those for me. I'll drink them. <laughs> I will take them you, you all. Don't, you, don't, you don't want those. Like, I want those. Those are not the energy <laughs> drinks that you want. I like it. Um, well, along those same lines, actually, you're talking about drinks. I wanted to talk about food because the mm, tasty channel on our discord has, has gotten a lot of, uh, buzz here lately where everyone's just talking about, uh, the meals that they're making, the things that they're enjoying. It makes me hungry. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I get to vicariously enjoy things that other people are eating. Uh, you know, when, when we've got, um, friends of the show talking about how they make their breakfast and stuff like that. Uh, it's good stuff. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying that. But in particular, uh, Sojourner in the Discord shared the spread that his wife had made for his daughter's fourth birthday, and it was all Mario-themed. And that was that was a lot of fun Yo, looking that at fire that. fire flower vegetable platter yes. was yes. choice. I was yes. like, yeah, that's, that's so dead. good. And, and I really appreciate it. I know this is weird. I really appreciated that it was a Mario theme um, and they did that so well without like buying the cardboard cutouts and the posters and so, you know, like you can get real just like, oh yeah, buy everything from the store and spend a hundred bucks on decorations. Or you could just like do a, f- a fruit platter and use the colors of the fruit to make a fire flower. Like that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Is is real down to earth. And I just enjoyed seeing that. So that was pretty shout cool. outs to you and your wife, yeah. Sojourner. Your wife, your wife is the the real MVP. MVP, <laughs> it's true, it's true. Awesome. Well, well finish, before she's the greatest of all time. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> that was so that was so weird. I like it. I like it. That fireflower was. Um, it's true. It's true. Before we sign off for the evening for this episode, um, did just want to pick up on any personal challenges. You know, we were talking about um, Psalms that you had and about my reading and stuff like that from this past week. But what do you want to challenge yourself with over the next two weeks, Nate? So I think, and this might be, this might, this might run for a couple months. Um, Okay. We'll see. Uh, That's what I did last time. So yeah. 
I really want to get back in the habit of journaling and okay. sort Sweet. of, again, using that sort of that modified bullet journal method that I, I have. And I'd like to take yeah. five, 10, 15 minutes in the morning to sort of look at the things that I need to get done. And then at the end of the day, I'd like to take five, 10 minutes and sort of just briefly like, you know, rip out a couple sentences about my day. Um, yeah. I want to get yeah, back in, that's awesome. back into that habit. I've sort of fallen out of that uh, over the last couple of months. Uh, you know, had a, had a little boy decide to like, you know, come hang out. And he does make those things difficult, but you know, it's, it's an important discipline for me, um, Mm. you know, mentally. Um, so yeah, that's, I want to get back into journaling. Um, and you know, and by proxy, I think like, you know, just, you know, sometimes oftentimes part of my journaling process is like, you know, meditating on scripture and writing out some of my Mm -hmm. meditations. So it's like, yeah. I think this it it's a discipline that will help overall with some of the things I'm a little eh on. Yeah. For sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'm kind of piggybacking off of yours from last time um, since you were memorizing Psalm 1. I want to get back into scripture memorization and so I'm starting very very low bar here. I probably already have these uh, passages memorized, but I just want to memorize the Romans road mm. salvation, those verses. I probably already have them. I just need to, to sit down and, and, you know, take a look at them once again, memorize, you know, actually know the numbers and things like that. Not so that I can pull them out in, in any situation, you know, the, well, yeah. the reason that you memorize scripture, right? Yeah. So, that, yeah. so that the, um, the Holy spirit can, as, as he leads, um, those can, those are very useful. Um, so that's, that's again, setting a very low bar to start, to start that discipline again of scripture memorization. So I want to have all the Romans road, uh, memorized by next recording. Yeah, that's that's cool. my challenge. I like that. I like that. But, um, yeah, well, now that we have challenged ourselves and we've challenged the listeners, you know, Josh, if they have uh, any complaints, like, you know, if, oh, I, yeah. if I was too mean or mm-hmm. they actually do mm-hmm. want to look up, you know, and, and find some cans of the, the Mountain Dew Energy Pitch Black, um, Ooh. how can they get a hold of us, buddy? Oh, yeah. There's tons of ways you can get a hold of us. Our email address is thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com. On Twitter, our handle is at bbdowncast. On Instagram, dot com slash thebacklogbreakdown. Facebook, our group is the hashtag backlog book club. On Discord, there's a link for that in the show notes of this episode. Or if you want to get a little bit more personal, I generally go by Broccolope on the internet. And Nate goes by... Nate underscore McKeever. Mm. My, uh, my keeping t- it on brand, my Twitter feed, um, and I might start throwing it into my Insta Insta feed as well has been getting polluted with, uh, Marvel snap things. So <laughs> polluted. I, nice. So I, I do have to ask one final question mm-hmm. on the air and we can cut this if you want to, um, before we sign off is, are you going to name this new, uh, this new Marvel snap venture? with Logan. Are you calling it Snapchatter? Uh that's Logan's call, but okay. I don't hate that name. And okay. uh I think it's a good one. Uh, yeah. I'll uh, low hanging fruit. But. I'll, no, I I I don't know. Like I think that's a pretty good one. I'm gonna I'll when 
I'll uh, I'll pitch that to him. And uh, I think you do that. Snapchatter is Have- it's actually pretty good. I like that. <laughs> I, I nice. don't hate it. Yes. Awesome. That's what I've always aspired to have someone say. <laughs> I don't hate it. But listen, I mean, coming from me, that's pretty high praise. That's true. I, you do hate most I of the things that I do. hate most of the things you say. I hate most of the things <laughs> most people say. Um, so, including myself from time to time. Uh, but, uh, I, well, awesome. I think uh, we've sort of done all the things we've, we've, asked and answered all the questions and we've just mm-hmm. I think overall had a pretty good night but uh so i guess until it's next true. time josh uh, we've done the thing what should they do guys keep beating down your backlogs and we'll keep breaking down the benefits <laughs>